In Spring Branch, we speak more than 145 different languages, and that diversity translates into a thriving economy. Our district's a melting pot. It's a great place to find the staff you need. Spring Branch is working for business. Yours. Find out more at spmda.org. Hi, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, real estate reporter at the Houston Chronicle. Today, we're talking about the commission a buyer's agent earns. Buying and selling a home is the largest financial decision many people ever make. There are over 120,000 real estate agents in the state of Texas, according to the Texas Realtors Association. So reducing commission costs would have big impacts for both homeowners who would likely save money and for many people's livelihoods because they'd likely make less per transaction. So buyer's agent commissions are in the spotlight because of how they're set up. While the buyer's agent has a fiduciary responsibility to the home buyer, their commission is actually largely set by the home seller before it is entered into something called the MLS, which is the multiple listing service. That's how we can view homes on har.com. Even though this is the setup, Buyer's agents are required to work in the home buyer's best interest, which means they should not steer buyers to one house or another just because of what the commission is, because that would be self-interest. However, phone calls recorded by the brokerage Rex seem to show real estate agents doing just that. Rex credits the calls with a Department of Justice suit against the National Association of Realtors, so they've made some waves. We have Rex CEO, Jack Ryan, here with us today. Hi, Jack. Hi, Rebecca. We also asked the National Association of Realtors if they would like to join, but instead they've sent along a statement, which I will read in a little bit. So to start, how does Rex work? Because it is sort of unique among brokerages in its model and its commission structure, right? Yeah, you know, it's only unique in residential real estate. In no other industry is, does it work this way. Anyway, the way Rex works is you can hire us to sell a home, but you're not obligated to pay for a buy-side agent. If the buyer wants to pay for one, that's great. If they don't, that's great too, but it's not mandated by us. That's why we're not, not a member of the MLS, because that's barred. That's not allowed if you're a member of the Houston Association of Realtors. That's how we're so different. I think what's so unique is that Yeah, usually the commission paid for by the home seller is around 6%, and half of that goes to their own agent, and half of that goes to the agent of whoever ends up buying their home. And you're able to make that fee a lot smaller by saying, well, we're paying the buyer's agent, and then the seller can negotiate with their agent, which is also something you often see with for sale by owner homes. I bought my home from... It was a for sale by owner and, you know, I had to negotiate my commission directly with my agent. That's hardly ever the way it works. You're the only brokerage I've heard that does it as a brokerage. As a result, what what is your fee generally? 2%. Anyway, so the way it generally works is that when we're so different is it's 2% to list your home. And then oftentimes the buyer doesn't need an agent. So that's all there is, is 2% fee. Sometimes they do want to use an agent and they pay for them themselves, but it's almost never a 3% fee. You know, once the buy side agent has to get paid by the buyer for their work, the buyer says, you want, let's say, let's say it's a $400,000 home in Houston. So I found the home on my own online 
or I drove by it, the yard sign or whatever, the popular finding homes today. And I ask you to open up the door and let me in. And you want me to pay you $12,000 for that, 3% on $400,000. That's a $12,000 service. You know, there's no reason it should cost $12,000 for that. So the buyer can negotiate with the buyer's agent what they think the service is worth, just like every other industry works. If you want to hire a painter, you negotiate with the painter for what the service is worth or a lawyer or a bank or whatever you want to do. It's only in this industry where one side of the transaction has no choice but to pay the highest price and must hire somebody and must pay the highest price to do so. It's just uh, the most cockamamie world that I've ever seen, and we're changing that. I have a few quick questions. One is, is your fee 2% or 25 I'm glad you asked that question. Anyway, the fees are 2 to 2.5%, depending upon if you're using us for other services, just like any other good company. The more services you use, the more of a discount you get because we're bundling those services to get you a better price. And we discount our price if you use us for, for more things. One person that I talked to when I was writing this story was one of your agents here in Houston from when you were operating in Houston. And she was talking about how when she joined Rex, she didn't understand all the implications of untying the listing agent and the buyer's agent, the way things are set up. So for example, one of the side effects is because you have to say how much the buyer's agent will be paid in order to listen to MLS, you aren't going to be in the MLS. As she was talking to people and they were like, why aren't you in the MLS? That comes with a lot of suspicion. I'm going to pause my conversation with Jack right here to play you a few things. Because instead of describing the suspicion, maybe it's easier to just let you listen. I was just wondering if it was an actual real listing because it's not on HAR. Yes, sir. That was a recording of a Houston real estate agent calling a Rex agent about a listing. Also, while we're paused, I think this is a good place to read the National Association of Realtors statement I mentioned at the beginning. Every realtor commits to a strict code of ethics based on professionalism, consumer protection, fairness, and transparency. Any alleged violation of those ethics by one of our members should be reported immediately to a local realtor association for further investigation. As advocates for consumers, we're proud to be associated with the MLS system that puts consumers first and benefits home buyers, sellers, and small business brokerages. End of statement. So what they're saying is, if you think an ethical violation is going on, you should report it. The real estate agent I spoke to said that she had run into problems, including agents who said they weren't going to bring their buyers to see her homes. Here's another recorded call of a Rex agent encountering that issue here in Houston. Oh, so I won't get any commission unless my buyer wants to do it? Right. So your buyer would compensate you for the time that you put into the sale of the home um, because our owners are not obligated to pay that out. Okay. Well, then thank you. I will not be showing this property. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. No problem. And back to the recorded conversation with Jack. She was telling me about some of her surprises. I was curious if you had any sort of comments on these challenges you face and why you reached out to the Department of Justice. Yeah, well, so the people who are saying we were, we were unprofessional were never the consumer. Yeah. It was always the agents who aren't protecting their business. And they're saying it's so unprofessional. By the way, this happened to me in the stock brokerage business when I was at Goldman Sachs. If you dared quote us a, a share at less than an eighth or a quarter. It was considered unprofessional. If you wanted to quote IBM stock at 72.08 rather than mm-hmm. 72 and an eighth or 72 and a quarter, it's like, how dare you be unprofessional? Well, the only unprofessionalism of, of it was that they didn't want their fees to be reduced. If you start quoting things in decimal points as opposed to eighths, 
that 12 cents can get compressed really quickly. So it was considered, just like you were saying, that she was told those unprofessional, you know, we're not members of the MLS. It's not the consumer saying that. It's the agents saying we're unprofessional, just like the, they did it in the stock business until the DOJ said no more. No, why, there's no reason why you're quoting these prices for shares in only eighths or quarters, other than you preserving that spread for yourself, right? And uh, you mentioned in your article the, the DOJ action against all the Wall Street trading firms in the late 1990s. It's amazing to me that the National Association of Realtors is setting the terms of competition among the realtors. It's a trade group. So the terms of cooperation, right? They're saying that, you know, all their members, when they're working together, should make sure that they will know how much they're getting paid. Not only the Department of Justice, there have been other lawsuits sort of alleging that this has an upward pressure on prices. It's not just a lawsuit. There's been a number of economists who are from very famous universities who've written. And not only that, but just think about the job mobility. Let's say you want to move from... Um, Detroit, Michigan to Houston, Texas, because there's a great job for you there in the oil world or Tesla's moving a plant near you and you're a welder in Michigan and you want to move there to advance your family's success and net worth and reach your full potential as a welder or anything you want to do. Well, the value of your home in, in Detroit might be the value of your mortgage, just generally speaking, given what's happened to the Detroit housing market. So your house is worth $300,000 and your mortgage is worth $300,000. If I want to sell the house, I've paid $18,000, which I may not have, to a realtor. I can't move. I can't free up my family to move to a higher and better life for myself because I can't pay the realtor fee. Uh, and by the way, carpenters, plumbers, electricians, all their jobs cluster around the purchase and sale of a home. Most of those jobs occur when you move into a home or prepare your home to sell or you're moving into a home and fix it up for you. Well, those jobs are being suppressed because these high fees suppress the number of transactions. They're being suppressed. It's not just the trillion dollars being moved from middle-class Americans. It's all the friction they're causing that's not allowing people to reach their full potential as humans. Yeah, you cited some pretty big numbers. And I think that's why this is such an important issue, why people are so passionate about it. That would be like a lot of savings by homeowners. It's also... A very big industry. You know, at the beginning, I wanted to mention how many people are real estate agents because there are hundreds of thousands in this country. When I wrote this story, you know, people are afraid. This is a call between a Houston real estate agent and Rex. The real estate game is changing, and oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. I mean, it, it's, it's putting away my profession, so mm. uh, I, I'm, I'm not in favor of it. So I, I, I can't, I can't help. To sell something that is wiping out my profession. So as you've mentioned, when they do negotiate directly with buyers, and this is something people send on the phone calls to, when they do negotiate directly with buyers, there tends to be a compression of their commission, right? They yeah. do tend to make less money. Right. So when people are saying that they're afraid for their livelihoods, I've also heard people say that they're afraid that customers might do something that's not in their own best interest. They might opt for like a really cheap service and get screwed in ways that they don't understand. What, what is your response to these fears? Well, you know, I think change always makes people nervous. And of course, uh, there's been so much change whether it's from what's going on in, in the world of anything, whether it's, you know, there's still very good travel agents out there, there's still very good stockbrokers, but you better prove your worth to the consumer. So of course, you know, there's be some people who will love the transition to more of a free market because the number of transactions will go up from 6 million, probably at 12 to 15 million of homes per year. 
So it's going to be a lot more deals, but the cost structure is going to come way down because there's no need to be charging people 6%. And they go hand in hand, right? The reason the number of transactions is going up is because the cost of transaction is going down. If you don't have to pay that much money to move from one house to another, you might do it more often. Of course, you know, and Rebecca, I know it sounds like a tautology if you've ever taken uh, classes in uh, economics, like almost all of your listeners have, or things like that. But just to put it in real life, when it was 12 to 25 cents to trade shares in the late 80s, early 90s on Wall Street, we, a big day for us was 100 million shares traded a day. Oh my gosh, 100 million shares traded on the New York Stock Exchange today. Big day. And when the fees went down to two cents, it was two billion shares traded per day. It wasn't linear, by the way. It's, it's more like an algebraic curve or algorithmic curve in terms of as the fees go down. And so there have already begun to be some changes, right? You said that part of the reason of this Department of Justice investigation was because of these phone calls he recorded. What have been some of the outcomes of that? It's not against the rules right now. The buy side agent can tell the buyer, oh, don't worry, my services are free. Well, no, it's not free. It's right there in the closing document. It says you're getting 3% on this $400,000 home. You're getting $12,000. Now, oftentimes they say, well, don't worry about it. The seller's paying it. Mm -hmm. They agreed to the 6% fee, so they were paying for it. No, they didn't agree to it. You told them that they had to pay a 3% fee to the buy side agent to get a buyer to show up. Anyway, so the DOJ also said, no more telling your buy-side customers this buy-side agent is free. Hey, I'll just tell you, uh, you know, one last funny thing that you mentioned. We were licensed and are licensed by the state of Texas and the 15, 20 states that we're in to show homes. We passed the test in terms of the knowledge test, and we passed the background checks. So the point you were making before, Rebecca, we have a buyer and say, hey, I'd like to go see this home. Would you help me do it? On the buy-side, we would just rebate. That 3% fee, if we're helping a customer on the buy side, look at said, we're not, you shouldn't be paying 3%. You found the home on your own. You did most of the work. We'll help you on the, other, the stuff from here, but we'll just give you seven, eight thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollars $5,000 back, usually half of that commission that was being offered to us. We just write it, a check right back to the buyers. So what they did was, was that lockbox, which said you can't get access to the, to the home, the lockbox, that little like you know keypad you push when you try to get into the home. And the DOJ said, no longer is that possible. If you're a registered agent with, this, with a state, like we are in Texas, no longer can these MLS firms bar us from showing the home as long as we're a registered agent in the state. Any, so any non-MLS company, of which there's only one, but any non-MLS company, as long as they're registered by the state as a licensed agent, can must have access to that lockbox. Yeah. So there's been this settlement. It's still in the works. It's not been implemented yet. You know, these things are all sort of just coming down the pipeline. You know, like, so they've agreed to these changes. After these changes are enacted, what do you think will change? Well, the fees are going to start coming down. Uh, it will because, you know, all of a sudden we can start showing homes in places like Houston or places like, you know, other cities very quickly. We can get the home as fast as anyone else can. Why would someone buy a home that would be five or $6,000 less through Rex? So I think that our competition is going to eventually have to start competing, which they haven't had to do really since its inception on on uh, service and price. Also, when, you, when you're not allowed to tell your customer that your services are free, hard to compete with free if the customer believes it, right? <laughs> What's going to happen with all this transparency, consumers are really smart. And once they understand the facts, they make very rational decisions. And so the transparency is just going to resolve itself the way it always does in markets where there's freedom of information, is that you get America clearing price that's borne by competitive reasons, not because someone from on high is dictating 
that there should be a 6% fee for this service. So we know it's coming down from here. How far it goes down, I don't know. But this is going to be great for the Houston consumer because every you know it's, there's a huge housing problem in the U.S. because home prices keep going up. Well, what if that six percent tax on a home got shrunk to two percent? You know, what, what if that fee got jumped dropped to two percent? Well, every home in Houston just got four percent cheaper. That's a big help to the you know the shortage of housing in certain parts of Houston. So I think it's going to be a huge advantage for the consumer. It'll be a huge advantage for the agents if they would just you know try to give up the way they've been doing business for 70 years and move into the new way of doing business. And it's going to be a huge benefit for the country when people, every person in America can move to where they think they can reach their full flower as a human. And so I think it's going to be so advantageous for so many people in our economy. Yeah, it's interesting that the homes will get 4% cheaper. And I think one of the complicated things about this transaction is it's almost it would be hard to track exactly where these savings go, right? A lot of it might go to the current homeowner. Some of it might trickle down to the home buyer. I'm not sure how you would measure that exactly. There's a thing called an incidence of a tax. So if you, uh, let's say I was going to put a 10% sales tax on alcohol, who pays that? Is it the you know retailer or is it the consumer? Then the, how they figure it out, if there's huge demand for that service, like it's almost a monopoly, of course, the consumer must pay for all of it. But if it's like corn or some commodity, that's almost always the producer. And so it kind of depends on the demand curve in a city as to when you put a tax on something, who's paying what percent of the tax. Like if it's a buyer's or seller's market. Exactly right. And it applies for any product. Now it's a seller's market. So the seller would be saving that money. Yes. Exactly right. It, it would change from time to time. But if you talk to an economist at Rice and said, can you take me through who's paying for that tax? It's called the tax instance study. They could tell you in any one market. It's a well-described economic analysis about who pays the incidence of a tax. Okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. So you think that the changes that have already sort of started coming down the pipeline will lead to lower commissions. For the real estate agents listening, what does this mean? Like in order to compete in a world where they need more volume in order to make up for the lower fees, does that mean they need third party technology providers to automate more of their job? Does that mean that they have to join a company like Rex that can provide that infrastructure? I, I feel like that's a question on a lot of people's mind. What would the future look like? This is my best guess, and we're building to this guess. You know, the problem with the residential real estate agent business today is you get no salary for the most part from most all of our competitors. And you only get 70% of the commissions of whatever commissions you generate. It's kind of basically the last door-to-door -door sales force left in the U.S. But the flip side of that is you're paying 30% of whatever business you generate to the local franchisee for pick your firm. I'm just going to pick Caldwell Banker, but I'm not picking on Caldwell Banker. But you got to pay 30% of your fees to them. So in a world where you can do a lot more transactions, being able to pay that 30% fee, you can make a lot more money. Well, what platform do you use then to have your business if you're an individual agent? And we're building out that platform for individual agents. So you know we could help with our platform. Who wants to spend an hour on the phone calling up five people and go playing a round robin trying to schedule that visit between the inspector and the mortgage person and the seller and the buyer, especially given how busy we are? We can just say, hey, just install this bot. And the bot, through text messages, reaches out to those four or five people and keeps suggesting new times until everyone can agree. Well, that saves a lot of time, and their job just got better because you're not spending your time doing kind of robotic, mindless activities and being so frustrated because you're calling four or five people trying to agree on a time. Imagine how frustrating that would be and how bad a job that would be. 
Well, if you can get rid of that and use your human empathy and your human intelligence to solve real problems, like there's a easement in the backyard and we got to figure out who has the ability to cross your backyard, which is we're working on, but it won't be solved for a while in terms of solving that through a AI as opposed to a human. Now you're, you yourself as an agent are reaching your full value as a human because you're doing things that only humans can do, not doing stuff that is robotic. So we're taking a lot of the robotic activities away from the agents at Rex, and we can also deploy that to people who say, look, I don't want to be part of Rex, but I would love to have my own business as I, I do today, but I don't want to pay you know, 30% of whatever my revenues are. I'll just pay Rex $300 a month and be on their platform. Their platform being the one that does all the robotic activities for you, everything from doing the digital advertising for the house if they want us to do it, to scheduling the tours, but it's not humans. You have the technology. We just deploy it to you and... We'll provide the back end, but it's all for you. So there will probably be a smaller pool of real estate agents. Some may leave for other industries. And the ones who stay will up their transaction volume partly through technology. My last question is just these phone calls that we've been discussing. Can you tell me a little bit about some of these phone calls that you shared with the DOJ? Yeah, I can, of course. The buyer agent is supposed to have a fiduciary duty to the buyer because you heard from those tapes, it's not everybody, but you know, it's enough to make it a little not great for consumers. You heard in the tapes that the buyer's agents are saying, unless you pay me the money, I'm not bringing my customer to see your home. Well, number one, that's a breach of fiduciary duty. You're supposed to be helping the buyer, not looking out for yourself. But second, that whole problem goes away if the person was paid by the buyer. They can only steer people away from homes for economic reasons if they're not being paid by their customer. Yeah. So that's one thing that hasn't been impacted yet. You know, one thing that DOJ said is here's the four or five things that we can agree with with the National Association of Realtors, but we're not finished. So I can't say for sure what's going to happen next, but this isn't over. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through some of the things you've gone through and some of the things you're expecting to unfold. I really appreciate it. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you ever want to send an idea for a podcast or just say hi, you can reach out on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at R-A Shoots. That's R-A-S-C-H-U-E-T-Z. On our show notes, if you go to houstonchronicle.com slash looped in, we'll have links to the story and some of the recorded calls that we mentioned here. Special thanks to our guest, Jack Ryan, and to the National Association of Realtors for sending in a statement. Thanks to our editors, Jonathan Diamond and Rob Gavin. Thanks to Farrell Gibbs and his band, All the Kimonos, for the theme music. And thanks to Scott Kingsley for producing. Until next time.